Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My teenage son, Mark, caught me a couple weeks back. He said, Dad, Good Friday. There's a problem there. What do you mean, Mark? Truth in advertising, he said. Dad, it shouldn't be Good Friday, but Horrible Friday, Bad Friday. The kid's got a point. It's hard to argue with that. In the gospel accounts, the death of Jesus is filled with pain and agony, betrayal, denial. And that's especially true in the synoptic gospels. If you read Matthew, Mark, or Luke, Jesus dies a horrible death. And in each of those Gospels, at the end, he cries out on the cross. And it is a horrible thing to witness. But if you were listening closely tonight to the story as it's told in John, we hear something different. The crucifixion is always bad. It is always horrible. But if you were listening to the story of Jesus tonight as told in John, you heard something else as well. For this is not just a bad and horrible event. This event is the crowning moment of Jesus' ministry. Unlike the other Gospels, in John, Jesus remains in control throughout all of it. There's no anguish in the garden. His captors bow before Jesus. He tells Peter, put away your sword. Jesus is in control. And during the trial, Jesus is not afraid to speak up or to remain silent. He chooses. Pilate and Jesus, they have a conversation about truth. And no one carries Jesus' cross to Golgotha. He carries his own cross in John's account. On the cross, as he is dying, he conducts business. He entrusts the care of his mother to the beloved disciple. He asks for water to fulfill scripture. And there are no shouts No loud voices. When everything is completed, Jesus gives up his own spirit. This is a theological story. 
It points to God's victory. But victory over what? Why, death itself. Here we see the ultimate of paradoxes. In the place of death, there is life. Such a contradiction. It doesn't seem possible to be pulled in two contrasting directions. It can't be right. Truth is either black or white. It's either death and bad or life and good. It can't be both. At least that's how we understand truth, especially these days. These days of living at the poles. We have our conservatives and we have our liberals. We have our supporters and we have our haters. We have our right, we have our wrong. There's categories in every part of our life. And the categories don't mix too well. We're living in a highly polarized moment in American history where we and we alone are right and our opponent is wrong. And it doesn't matter if we're married to them or related to them. If they don't agree with us 100%, they are wrong and they need to change their minds. That's the way we're living right now. We are good and they are evil. Our religion is of God. And their religion, why? Their religion is of the devil. We need to survive. And our survival is most important. And they, they don't matter. They must be stopped at any costs. Now our social media, of all things... As much as we like those cute pictures of puppies in Facebook, we carry around and we check with it all the day. But you know, even there, we're living isolated worlds at the poles because what we see is determined by what we like. And rare are those moments when we find ourselves challenged by another's truth. There are walls, real and virtual, popping up all around, and we build them ourselves. So let's not blame anyone else. It's a dangerous way of living, this living in polarity, because it ultimately leads to violence. If we can't talk it out with another, then the one with the bigger fist wins. It always deteriorates into violence. In John's gospel, the chief priests, they get caught up in this cycle. From Jesus' first visit to Jerusalem, 
And in John's gospel, it's three years before, they're in conflict with Jesus. Jesus' vision of God and who is included in God's kingdom and how we live a holy life is so radically different from the chief priests that they find themselves threatened. They're restricted in their own understanding, their narrow interpretations, their traditions that they defend at all costs. That they can't see what God is doing right in front of their eyes. They miss God's love and grace. They cannot see that faith is more a matter of trusting in the relationship God establishes with us than getting it right and getting all the right answers. Time and time again, they miss the light and they choose to live in the darkness. Blinded by darkness, the opposite of light and life is death. And death threatens, death threatens these chief priests from the outside, but death also lies within their hearts. Dorothy Stefanski Solier, a German liberation theologian, writes, Death is what takes place within us when we look upon others not as a gift, a blessing, or a stimulus, but rather as a threat, danger, or competition. Let me read that again. Death is what takes place within us when we look upon others not as a gift, a blessing, or a stimulus, but as a threat, a danger, or a competition. Long before Jesus dies on the cross, the ones who plotted his death died within. Unless we not make the connection, folks, we die within too. Because what the chief priests are about is not all that different from what we are about as well. Every time we look upon someone else and we see them as a threat, a danger, or competition, we die a little within ourselves. There is a part of our being that stops breathing. Death within our hearts as they beat with prejudice, homophobia, fear, bias, nationalism. Death within our hearts as we turn inward and we refuse to share, we hoard what we have, our gifts, our life. We like the chief priests, are walking dead. When we engage in the works of death, when we isolate others, when we withhold our love, 
when we allow fear to consume, when we use our words not to build up but to tear down, when we give others the silent treatment, that passive-aggressive style is damaging. And it hurts as it stabs others in the back. We turn inward as we consider our needs and our wants the most important. We feast while others go hungry. The story of the crucifixion, it's not one that's reserved for this day because it is a story that happens again and again each day. The narrow-minded hatred of the chief priests, the manipulations of Pilate, the inaction of the disciples, except, of course, to betray and deny. That's our story. It's the human story. And we die each time it is told. And Christ suffers anew on the cross. Christ suffers and dies anew. And that is the place where we need to turn back into the paradox, leaning into the truth that pulls from the other pole. Because if we stay there, then we are literally dead in the water. But God meets us in the place of death with love, with agape, with spiritual love, with love that comes from God and comes to us. It remains there for us no matter how many times death is made known. The tomb cannot hold God from loving and forgiving, from offering his own life, his own body and blood for the sake of the world. The truth of the matter is revealed that love is the only thing that is stronger than death. It keeps returning and it keeps bringing us from death back into life. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, not even death. In the cross, we find an enduring solidarity with a Christ that is both crucified and living. In the cross, we find all that we need for our courageous living. Julia Esquivel, a Guatemalan poet and human rights advocate, writes, I am no longer afraid of death. I know well its dark and cold corridors leading to life. I am afraid, rather, of that life which does not come out of death, which cramps our hands and retards our march. I am afraid of my fear and even more of the fear of others who do not know where they are going 
who continue clinging to what they consider to be life, which we know to be death. I live each day to kill death. I die each day to beget life. And in this dying unto death, I die a thousand times and am reborn another thousand through that love which nourishes hope. That love which nourishes hope. What a beautiful image. What a beautiful image for us, this horrible, bad, yet ultimately good Friday. God comes in the love which nourishes our hope, which brings life to our many deaths, and which sets our feet on the path that walks to that empty tomb. Amen.